Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just want to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last conversation. If you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, I fucking almost punched this guy in the face. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming back. But for everyone out there who's new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer, soda, water, coffee, tea in the fridge. Cheers. Yay. Friendship. Thanks for being here, guys. Water. For everyone out there that is not familiar with my guests, I'm sitting here today with uh, the one and only loud, screaming, parent frightening, grandma killing. No, I'm joking. That's that's (laughs) way, way out of line. Bakasura, make some noise for the internet. Woo! Woo! (laughs) So... Thanks for being here, guys. I'm happy you're here. The internet's happy that you're here. We're glad to be here. What's going on? How you living? Living our best life, I'd say. (laughs) Getting by. You know, I I find it is always incredibly entertaining, you know, to sit down with uh, guys that play in metal bands or, or gals, whoever, that's, you know, making the loud, scary music. Because as soon as you get them off stage, everybody's just like, what's up? (laughs) <laughs> but then yeah. when it's on stage, it's just constant chaos. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you have you have to be entertaining to some extent. Yeah. So yeah, you have to pick up like an entirely different personality. For sure. Yeah. You know, I I feel like being on stage is like the personality, and then this is the uh the pulling back the reins a little bit. You kinda <laughs> you kinda get to feel yourself out up there. Yeah. So you know. What's always interesting is like the first time that you're on a stage, you know, do you have this anticipatory feeling that like this demon is going to come out or does it just happen? You're like, whoa, what the fuck happened? What was it like the first time you like, you know, were on a stage yelling in front of strangers or family members? Just terrifying. <laughs> it still is. Yeah, it's, it's very scary every time. Bit of the opposite for me. Just kind of like same thing as being at practice. You get like into the groove of the music, and you just kind of blind everything else out, and just kind of focus on the goal of like I'm going to finish the song. Yeah. Well, I think that you know, there's so many different uh, aspects that go into being in a band regardless of genre but one thing with being in a metal band is aside from being like oh scary and yelly and looking tough or whatever fucking bullshit we try to do to pull this off right (laughs) there is like a technicality to everything that we're doing and you know in terms of just like learning the songs and like writing and things like that. What was the background for Bacasura? Like how long was it from the time that you wrote your first song to the time you were on stage? Oh God. We wrote our first song in probably like June of 2019. And our first show was in August. And we actually wrote our first song. I'm the drummer and he does vocals. We didn't even meet each other before our first song was done. So we finished it without even like meeting each other. It was pretty so, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite. It was terrible. <laughs> so terrible that it's no longer on a streaming platform. Yeah. Play it down. <laughs> yeah. Cut that off. 
and the Billie Eilish cover we did. Oh, dude. That's off too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new chapter. That was a learning experience is what that was. So yeah. We just tucked it away. <laughs> well, I think that that's actually a really interesting like way to kind of like start digging into this conversation in the sense of like when you are a band and you're just figuring things out, there are the growing pains of being in a band. And, you know, sometimes I know people that have been in bands for two years and never played a show. But yeah. you guys are like, two months, fuck it, let's go. Yeah, we head first. We just jumped right in. Like, even when we formed the band, I just woke up one day, put like put all of them in a group chat and was like, let's do a thing and just figure it out. We just kind of winged it from there. Yeah. So I think that it's really important, maybe in some aspects, like, I don't know where I stand on this, if I think it's better to take more time and then like, you know, debut yourselves to the world uh, without needing to like take down songs off Spotify and things <laughs> like that. But also most of the bands that I know that have been in a band for like two years, but never played a show, they never play a show ever. It just never fucking happens. Like you kind of just have to be willing to go out, be bad for a little bit, do some stuff that's a little embarrassing, but that's the only way that you really grow into something that's good. Oh, right. Of course. You know, so with the music that you're doing now, because you are getting ready to release something or you have released something or a mixture of both, right? A little bit of both. Yeah. Do you think that these songs are still going to be on the internet one year from now? How are you feeling about them? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Feeling much yeah. better? For sure. Yeah. 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 So, you know, what do you think has been the biggest thing in terms of like that confidence? Like knowing that like these songs are better or you're better as a unit. Like what is it that you've learned over the past since June 2019 as a band to give you that confidence? I mean, I feel like a lot of it's just like, I mean, it was the, th it was him him and me like in a room like writing and then like I said like I didn't meet him like in the process of writing that first song and stuff like that and then whenever we did the cover we like did meet each other finally and stuff like that <laughs> while we were recording it and stuff <laughs> um and then we wrote our EP that came out uh last December and stuff like that and I feel like a lot of the main reason why we took those two songs down is that like I mean we all kind of like as a whole weren't like super proud of them and stuff like that, but it wasn't super like representative of what we write now and like what direction we're going for because we know how to write together now and like kind of understand like each other's like strengths and stuff like that and like how to bounce off each other like a little bit better now. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that it's best to just, I mean, if you acknowledge that something was weird and you want to take it off the internet, I support it. There's shit that my bands, I won't say which one, but there's things that we have on the internet that I wish weren't there. But mm -hmm. for whatever reason, they still exist because I feel as though the same way. It's like not a fair representation of like who we are as a band. But did you happen to find like maybe were there like any like friends or like fans that maybe like like that stuff and were yes, bummed that you yeah. took it down yes, yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. actually shortly after we did one of my friends uh messaged me on snapchat and he was like hey like what happened to this song and i was like the mix was terrible like like that cover was he was asking about the cover yeah and i was like dude we didn't know what we were doing we literally were using pro tools first like the free version and we yeah. were just like winging it just no idea what we were doing just changing volumes pushing buttons 
And he was like, oh, I loved it. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Like, <laughs> Straight recorded it. too, no mix and master. Yeah, nothing. like there was no yeah. mastering, nothing. It was just us pushing buttons. I remember um, back when, uh, to date myself, whenever Lady Gaga released Bad Romance, me and my buddy did a cover of that. And uh, it did really well. It was like my most viewed YouTube video ever, right? But I, I ended up, I did take that down because even though like it did well, I felt like it was such a weird representation of who I was as an artist, whatever the fuck that bullshit means, right? Yeah. I took it down and people hit me up afterward. Like, Where'd the cover go? I'm like, if you want it, I'll email it to you, but I don't want this shit on the internet anymore. That's yeah. pretty much all it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's tons of things that like creators will make and no matter how big the viewing becomes, if that person doesn't want it on the internet, they're going to take it down. Like they made it, it's theirs, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, whether you liked it or not, it's not your judgment to say, oh, you can't take that off the internet, you know, mm -hmm. no matter how good it may have been. So, I mean, I think that's pretty fair. Even like if you didn't want it there, fuck it, take it down. Yeah. Know? It's it's interesting. It makes me, you know, I I can get real nostalgic about like oh, uh, like I remember like burning demo CDs and handing them out to people. But I'm sure, you know, I, I'm also happy that there aren't like 500 people that have a burned CD with my shitty music on it. Right? <laughs> Did you guys do any like physical stuff of any of that stuff that was on the internet, or was it all just on the internet? We uh, didn't do any physical stuff, but we did unfortunately do a music video. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I genuinely forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see what was the music video experience like? Uh, it was it was awful. It was weird. I kind of didn't like it. It was one of our friends that did it, and he does like he does filmmaking and he does good filmmaking. And it was one of his first. It well, it was his first music video that he was doing for a heavier band, and it just. It felt more like just hanging out with a friend rather than like, oh, we're officially doing a music video. Yeah. So like the product obviously didn't come out to what we thought it would be. And I, I have no, I have no idea if it's still even out. It's it's on his channel. Yeah, on yeah. So I think it's still out if you want to check it out. <laughs> yeah, because he's but very don't. talented. It just didn't really. Yeah. I mean, and it's also yeah. one of the songs that we took down. So we also weren't yeah. happy with the. With the sound, either. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to check it out, it's, uh, yeah, I think there's a, a, a there's definitely some embarrassing video stuff that still exists online as a result of other people uploading it. For me, and it's an interesting thing where I don't want to be that guy that's like, bro. Like I really don't want this video of me on the internet anymore. Well, right? that, that's it's why so we, weird. That's why we didn't ask him to take it down because I was like, well, at the end of the day, that's part of his portfolio. If he wants people, if if he's happy with it, that's cool. You know what I mean? He can he can keep it out. I'm fine with that. But like, if it was if it was on our channel, it would definitely be off the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, uh, DIY recording, DIY music video making, all of this stuff you've. It seems like you guys have experienced a lot in a much shorter amount of time than other bands that I know. And I think a lot of that maybe just has to do with this like go-getter attitude. It just seems like, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah, right? you just, you happen to know people that are like, hey, I have a camera or like, like even this example I knew you is, hey, I have a podcast, like come, come on, come hang out. So I mean, it's just like kind of knowing people. Even Sean is really good at just meeting people and networking in general. 
Yeah. So, you know, prior to the band, or I guess leading up to the band, you know, how does a band get started where members don't know each other and they're recording music? <laughs> like, what was the what was the origins of the band and how did you all meet each other? Was all Faith this? and Kyle on that one. Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, when I started the band, I just put everybody in a group chat. I, I've known Jimmy for a really long time. I met Sean because of his wife. I'd known her forever before they were married. And Alex, me and Jimmy actually played in a garage band with him a couple of years back. So we all kind of knew each other. And I knew who knew what to do instrument instrumentally. Like I knew Sean did vocals. Jimmy was able to do basically every instrument on the planet. And I knew Alex did drums. So I kind of was like, let's just kind of figure it out. And just, we went from there. And with recording that first one, uh, like I said, we did Pro Tools first. So we just kind of tracked the beginning parts with us three. And then he came over one day that he was busy. And they still <laughs> haven't met. So we just kind of did his thing. And then we sent it to him. And it, we just kind of went from there. Yeah, totally. So you all didn't go to school together or anything like that. You all like are from different neighborhoods and different cliques of people. Uh, yeah. Me and Alex went to school together, but not at the like same time. He, like, we, he graduated like as I was going into freshman year. Yeah. So I think it was still separation, but him and I are close in age. Kyle and I are the same age, but he went to like the school district like over from mine. So we still kind of like knew each other, but not like super well until we ended up playing in that band together like a couple years ago. Yeah, that's cool. I was, it's always, it's interesting how bands form now because with your connectivity through all of the different platforms, it's really not that hard to make something happen if you dig a little bit and reach out to the right people. You know, I think that it's honestly impressive. There's not anybody that was involved in this project that is no longer involved? Has it been you four since the start? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's really cool because a lot of times with the growing pains of a band, sometimes you have a rotating cast of characters because it's hard to find like the right people. We immediately clicked right off the bat with writing. Yeah. Like we, we started off writing like with live writing. Like we'd go to our practice space and like grab our instruments and like write like that. But then Alex started going to school for music production and stuff like that. So he started learning programs better and we just kind of write through those now. We find it to be easier. You don't have to make the long drive. And it's just editing everything, adding backtracks as you go and stuff. It's just... Yeah, basically like demoing everything else like through ourselves and stuff like that. Yeah. And like going elsewhere to like do like the final tracking and stuff. Yeah, that's... Um, with my band Normal Creatures, that's pretty much how we write everything. Because it's really hard to make the time to get everybody together in a room you know, we get together maybe once a week if we're like lucky because we're life. Yeah, everybody's gonna busy. do. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that's convenient about the music that we write, because it's super backtrack heavy and shit like that, is we pretty much just like write songs in a DAW, you know, and then like learn this. And then when everybody gets together, it's like, okay, we know it instead of like writing in a jamming sort of way, which is like, I don't, I don't understand how bands can do that. Cause I don't even think we do that with Greywalker anymore. It's all like behind the scenes, get the structure really tight, then learn it. I would yeah. probably say that changing to like writing in the DAW is probably the reason why our sound changed a lot more because since we're a one guitar band, it's kind of hard to write live because you don't have that other guitar. 
Mm -hmm. So you can't play everything at once. Yeah. Right. So I feel feel like that was kind of limiting us a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely like helped a lot because like our whole EP that we put out, um, that was all written like together live. Um, And then ever since we started like demoing everything out like ourselves and stuff like that, like uh, especially on a lot of the newer stuff that we haven't like put out yet, that's kind of just been like on a backlog and stuff. Like we'll start with like the backtracking first and stuff like that because we're trying to go like more backtrack heavy and stuff like that and have like more uh, just like sound effects and like orchestral stuff and stuff like that. So get like a lot of that stuff in there like while we're writing it and stuff like that. And then like he said too, like we're adding more like lead parts yeah. like with guitars and stuff like that, which we couldn't do before because it's you can't hear it back at the same time. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's, it's been a lot different, but it's been a lot more helpful, I think. That's- it adds it adds a lot of clarity to the writing process too. Because I feel like whenever you're in a room with everyone, you're always focused on what you're doing with like minimal attention to all the details around you. And you don't have good acoustics in a practice spot. At least I don't know anyone that does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you kind of have just like this wall of noise where you're trying to hear yourself through this nasty mix and it's all in real time. So you don't get to appreciate the music that you're creating as you're making it. And there's no like real reflection besides like setting up a phone and trying to record it and seeing like what you can make out of that mess. And like it just you can create something so much better just by being able to like all look in on it at once and like, I don't like this. This needs change. Or like, what if you did this here? And just like be able to see the whole picture rather than just like such a small part of it. Right. Uh, yeah, totally. And I think for bands that are getting into doing backtrack stuff. I think it's huge to like give all of that backtrack shit a purpose from the start. Cause a lot of times you'll have bands that like they do all their backtrack shit after the fact. And it's like, this doesn't even sound like this fucking belongs here. It's just like, you're just throwing shit in to throw shit in instead of actually making it a part of the composition. Right. You know? Yeah. That was a, we're, we're still, currently working on a bunch of stuff but it always feel like when we would first run through something that we would have a bunch of good ideas and we would just put them in the one song but nothing really like meshed well you know what i mean like there would just be like instant transitions to parts and we would always end up with like just a silent part like somewhere near the middle we just didn't know what we were doing we'll we'll, we'll figure it out later we'll we'll, we'll put it in later (laughs) yeah yeah it's definitely a lot different now like especially like like i said with the stuff that we've been writing like the past like month or two and stuff like that like i'll actually start with like the backtracking like first and kind of come up with like a melody and stuff like that and then like we'll write guitars around that and stuff like that and kind of just like you said like make everything like mesh well and stuff like that instead of coming up with individual ideas and being like well they're all good on their own but they don't really work well together yeah with i mean with i guess this can be said about pretty much any genre of music but i think especially with like metal and stuff that leans more on the extreme side where you're like you're playing a lot with a ton of dynamics like fast parts slow parts loud parts kind of quiet parts but they still sound evil the transitions between those parts can like really make or break the song it's something as like dumb as like a whack drum fill will ruin the whole fucking song if it doesn't transition and if you get that transition right that's that kind of thing that gives you like that like i just shit my pants face like oh like you know so the transitions are a huge thing and uh i don't think a lot of times newer bands think about that you just get like the the whole uh riff salad of like a cool part cool part cool part and then it just is a mess yeah transitions are rough because me personally i'm just real picky with it i don't want to like just do something basic that like everybody else does so it it just makes it a lot harder (laughs) yeah i guess too as uh 
being uh, a guitar player in a metal band, I think it's real easy to overthink and tend to want to overcomplicate something because, yep. you know, yeah. it's metal. <laughs> it's supposed to be technical. But I also think that if you listen to like some of like the bigger bands in the genres, whether they're bands that you like or you don't like, a lot of times it's not as technical as it seems. It's just like you never heard it before. You didn't come up with it. So it works for you. But it's right. not always as it's not always super duper technical, right? But the transitions work. I think that there's trying to find this right balance of like creating something that is unique and it's like your own thing, it's your own style, and it's just biting another artist, right? But if you like overcomplicate it, then it becomes unreliable. And like the average listener that isn't a musician is gonna be like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Like, you know, like they don't need to hear like, oh, like we did this transition with like a slight key change and like a tempo shift because, you know, it would be really artsy and, but it's not reliable for the listener. They need like, you kind of have to like guide them along like a, I don't know, it's like a, like a, like a, like a roller coaster or something. It can't be too jerky, right? Yeah. Yeah. You want to entertain, not impress. Because if you impress, mm. you're most likely going to get people that are going to listen once or watch once and then be like, okay, that was cool. And they're going to move on. It's forgettable. Yeah. Whereas if, it's entertaining. It's going to be one. Of, you want to create something that you want people to be like, I'm going to put that in my playlist. I like that. Yeah. With, uh, you know, growing up in, I'm assuming that most of you probably grew up listening to loud, crazy shit. In, For the in most one part. way or another, right? You know, what has the past decade of like heavy music looked like to you? Like, what was the shit that you were listening to? 10 years ago versus what you're listening to now. I'm just curious for like, cause like I feel like most of you are probably at least 10 years younger than me. I would assume um, I'm 35. I'm going to be 36 soon. So I'm assuming you're all in your like mid twenties. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm 10 exactly up on me. 10 years younger. Okay. Okay, cool. So, you know, like that trajectory for me, like the music I was listening to between being like 15 and 25, <laughs> I'm curious like what it was like for, you Do you want to like start at one end? Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, a lot of a lot of like the post hardcore stuff, like a lot of the attack attack and of mice and men, mm. that type of stuff. I didn't really, I don't really go out of that genre too much. Um, I pretty much stick to like rock, punk, and metal. I don't really vary too much. But uh, Green Day, I've always been listening to them. They're still my number one like favorite band ever. The close seconds, probably Newfound Glory. So I don't really, I don't really have a lot of like metal background as far as growing up really like what we're writing so far and whenever i listen to that stuff i would always thought that stuff was too heavy like i just thought it was like too much so it's kind of weird They're like now i play that <laughs> yeah yeah i, I kind of relate because like i mean i i grew up listening to like yeah like asking alexandria was like really big and stuff like that i, I love them and then like of mice and men and stuff and then i kind of went into like uh like pop punk and like hardcore and stuff like that and kind of fell in love with that type of stuff. Uh, and then like the metalcore, hardcore, like meshing and stuff like the stuff that like, uh, like knock loose and like burials and like bands like that and like what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and then kind of got into like some other genres and stuff like that. Like I got into rap pretty heavily in like high school and stuff like that. And kind of, I loved new metal too, like Deftones and corn are like up there for me and stuff like that. So um, but yeah, kind of the same thing, like, uh, with, as far as like the, the music that like we play as a band, it's probably like what I listen to the least amount, but I, I mean, I still enjoy it a lot. Like I 
think one of my favorite albums this year that is metal is uh, the new Mental Cruelty album, A Hill to Die Upon. It's pretty good. Cool. It's really good. Um, I kind of started out with just a bunch of alternative rock, hard rock, grunge, and like new metal. So that kind of like developed my taste and like what a heavier sound was and like just aggression and realizing like that's the style of music I like. That's the kind of energy I like seeing. And then by like my freshman year, I got bands like basically pushed me like Whitechapel, Cannibal Corpse, Rings of Saturn, like Sepultra. And like I started delving down this rabbit hole of just like blast beats and guttural screams and like it was awesome. And I guess like as my like taste and stuff has grown, I've found more more of a pull toward like black metal a lot for the theatric and uh, atmospheric aspects to things as well as going back a step to like 80s pop music and realizing like what makes a song good yeah. and like just I think like there's so many like cool parts that like modern music has but like they forget that it's about the song not about a section and like old pop music they created a perfect song and I, I stand by that fully I can agree with that <laughs> it's, it's so good um, for me, I immediately grew up off the big four. My, my, both my parents loved thrash metal and stuff like that. And by the time I hit like middle school, I was listening to like metalcore, like they already mentioned, asking Alexandria, attack, attack. And then by the time I graduated, I, been, I was listening to like deathcore, like Chelsea Grin, obviously big ones like that. By the time I graduated, I was listening to like everything. Like he already mentioned eighties pop. Like i went back, I started listening to like Johnny Cash, stuff like that. Like I listen to just about everything now except New Country. And I mean, with rap, I'm kind of picky, but overall I've grown to look like, I like tons of stuff. Yeah. Like even like 20 swing music is good. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that, you know, that, that summary is really interesting. And I think it reflects a lot upon like, what you all do as a band and like your approach to songwriting. I think it's cool to be able to like take, you know, like, oh, okay, like the song structure of like a really good Green Day track. But like, how do we apply this to something that is heavy? Because like Green Day can write a fucking song. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, there's some really <laughs> sick fucking metal bands. Like, like who, who do I want to throw under the bus right now? Not that it really matters. Um, Sure, I'll say it. Fuck it. Between the Buried and Me. Great band, <laughs> terrible songwriters. I am just not a fan of this like meandering fucking like, you know, magnum opus of like a 12 minute track that might come back around, it might not. It's like four songs into one. It's not for me. They're awesome, awesome musicians and they have written really cool stuff. I like some of their earlier material, but like, I don't know. It's like, Dial it back. Like, we don't, I, I don't know. I, there are a lot of people that like that fucking band. So, I, what, it's obviously working for them. I mean, right? I, <clears throat> I agree. They write good music, but I mean, I kind of fill you with like the real long songs. Cause, like, I mean, ours tend to be like around five minutes. So, I understand the whole like, oh, that song's really long. I don't want to listen to that. But, like, like you said, like 12 minutes, that's, that's a bit much. That's the kind of stuff where like I'll zone out and forget I'm even listening to music. <laughs> yeah. The, the only band I've seen make that entertaining is Green Day. Like St. Jimmy and not St. Jimmy, but Jesus of Suburbia and Homecoming. And because like those songs have like eight titles, if you've ever seen like the full yeah. names. And it's just like a different song every minute. And it, it works so well for them. I think like purposely like breaking it up like that kind of makes it like a little bit more interesting because it feels like a bunch of mini songs like packed together that do kind of 
transition yeah. like that instead of one long song like that. And the thing too is it's like, I think it's cool if every once in a while a band has this like crazy track. It's like, oh, that's the one. Even Between the Baron and Me was like that once upon a time. Like you had an album of four, five, six minute long songs and then the one 12 minute song. And now, I mean, maybe I'm off base, but it seems like they're the band that they release an album and it's like four songs and they're all fucking 18 minutes long. And I'm like, what is this? How do I even dig into this? It's just uh, like I immediately have no interest in even engaging with it. But I don't know. I'm weird. I'm I'm a big math nerd. Like I like studying stuff like that. But the general consensus is math sucks. And that's kind of how I <laughs> that's kind of how I view music as a whole is like just because you like something and you're trying to reach an audience doesn't mean everyone's gonna be interested in the same kind of concepts. Yeah. So like be, between the bear to me excellent musicians beyond talented like i i couldn't perceive being able to play what they play but terrible composers i fully agree with that like it's just the songs aren't there they're just all over the place yeah you have to like study them i guess it's like you know i guess it's a different definition of like what is technically a song and i think there are a lot of people that maybe they need that for whatever reason you know i can't imagine like a casual between the bear and me fan that is also not like some like music nerd that like either plays guitar or drums or anything like that like is there just like the casual non-musician that is like between the bear to me is my favorite band there has to be somebody but it just seems it just makes no sense to me if that person exists the best way for me to put it is if they're on i won't skip it i'll listen to it sure but i'm not gonna go out of my way and put it on you know yeah it just doesn't like because they're one of those bands where I like, I really don't know much about them. Like I, I've heard probably a couple songs here and there without knowing it. Like I know the name, but I don't yeah. know them that well. I think that there's a way though to like take like really outside the box concepts and just dial it back a bit. Like if you take a band like Rivers of Nile, perfect band. They're so good at writing songs, but still like painting this really crazy landscape of like peaks and valleys and like you have no idea where you're going it's super diverse a lot of fun technical but catchy there's hooks like everything that i could want out of a metal band like rivers of nile is like one of the top notch right now for me because they do it so good monarchy is absolutely my top 10 favorite albums of all time huge fan of that band yeah it's really 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 cool um so in terms of Bakasura and you know what you have on the horizon. Let's talk about that. What are you up to? What's going on with this new music? When are people going to hear it? I want to hear it right now. Right now. <laughs> That's you, Sean. <laughs> um, well, we we actually just put out our first single since uh, our initial EP release. Um, that came out on Slam Worldwide three weeks ago. Yeah, it was like. Uh Time's been flying. Mid, it was like midway through August, like August yeah. 18th or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh we finally found what we kind of wanted to sound like fully after our EP and develop like the direction we wanted to take everything behind the scenes. So we put out our single kind of like to test the waters and I think we're in the middle of like, I want to say like seven different tracks right now. Yeah. Like six There's or seven different tracks. Yeah. And uh we just have plans to go out early next year and actually get another little EP going. And hopefully by next year, you'll be seeing another release from us plus a couple singles. And potentially if all the cards align, uh, some music videos. 
Yeah. You know, in terms of just being a band and staying active in the chaos of everything else that's going on, what is the schedule for Bacasora like? How often do you get together? How often are you writing? Is it like a set schedule? or Every just- Saturday. Every Saturday. Every Saturday. Yeah. yeah, just one day a week. Pretty much just grind the whole day. And then usually try to decide like wherever we left off like the last Saturday, like trying to like plan ahead for the next one and stuff like that. Like, okay, like like last Saturday we finished like writing one of our la- like songs that we've been working on and stuff like that. So then this past Saturday we were like, okay, we have all these songs that are either finished or like close to finished. So now we're going to go through and like basically just pick at them and see like what stuff we like, what stuff we don't like and mm-hmm. like see if they really are like finished now that we have like a decent amount in our backlog. The interesting thing about songwriting sometimes is like you need to almost just like not listen to it for a while and like almost kind of forget to some extent like what it feels like and you know reset your brain and then come back to it and be like oh yeah that's fucking sick or like bro what the fuck were we thinking it's fucking dumb right so you're still self producing yeah, yeah. We uh so for this past single that we put out uh in August, I wrote like most of like the production as like a baseline and stuff like that with like the uh like the pianos and like the strings and stuff that were going on and then we like worked on it again like as a band. I was like this is what I have. <clears throat> and then we basically just like edited it like to what we like wanted and stuff. And then whenever we sent the song off to uh Chris Wiseman to get mixed and mastered and stuff like that, he also like helped produce it and stuff. So oh, he, cool. so he took what we had all come up with and basically like either kept stuff or like got rid of stuff or like made stuff like improve to like, you know, what he thought could sound better and stuff like that or, you know, just stuff like that. But yeah, so we pretty much come up with everything on our own and then it gets edited like afterwards like yeah. with him. So was that your first experience like working with an outside producer on a track? Yeah, yeah. So for our EP, we had uh, Michael Coben from Casket Maker like mix it and master it and stuff like that. And he also like produced in... Uh, like adding in like backtracking and stuff okay, like cool. that. But yeah, this was like our first time like working with someone that does it like more as like their job and stuff yeah. outside of like songwriting and stuff like that. So yeah. Cool. And you know, is that something that you find valuable? Did you think it was a help getting that like outside ear from somebody that doesn't have like a personal attachment to you guys and is like willing to be like, this is good, this is bad. I think so, yeah. Especially with like uh, the type of music that he makes and stuff like that, because like he does guitar for Shadow of Intent and Currents and stuff like that, and we all like Shadow of Intent. And because he does that for Shadow of Intent, like a lot of like the writing and like the the backtracking and stuff like that, like we kind of all felt like as a whole, like well, if he if he doesn't like something, like it'll it'll get fixed and stuff like that, and like he'll make it sound like as good as it possibly can. So if we're writing something and we hand it off to him and stuff and he doesn't really change that much, then we're like, okay, we're kind of in a good spot. Like we can kind of keep like progressing towards that way and use that as like a baseline. Yeah. Now with, you know, the songwriting that you're working on, um, is there like a particular like style that you're trying to go for? Like, like, do you want to be put in a box of a particular genre or do you just want to be referred to as a metal band? A lot of bands have different feelings about these sort of things. Like me, just call Greywalker a metal band. I don't need to be... I mean, if you want to call us metalcore, if you want to call us fucking dad rock, whatever it is you want to consider us, right? Like, that's fine. But I just think it's metal, right? It's kind of a blanket term. But 
what is like the image of like Bakasura? What are you trying to go for now? We kind of we kind of label ourselves as kind of like a black and deathcore. That's kind of what we're shooting for. But whenever we're writing, we don't really like think in mind like, okay, we have to do this to like fit that stereotype. You know what I mean? Right, like meeting the quota on yeah. black metal guitar riffs and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So so we kind of just do kind of what our like our own thing and we like hope it ends up like that, but it's not really like a goal to be black in deathcore. You know, but, writing guitar parts for uh, a band like Bakasura coming from a background of the, it seems to be more like pop rock, pop punk influenced, right? Like, was there a bit of like a learning curve for you in terms of like getting used to writing this kind of music or did you think that it was something for you to like that you kind of understood a little bit easier? It's, it's definitely a little bit of a curve. Um, cause whenever I write riffs, I always forget in my mind that riffs don't have to be like constantly going and going like you can take pauses, you can like hold out certain notes and yeah, yeah, you're not the only person in the band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, um, growing up playing like green day, like type of stuff, green day cover bands, all that it's just really hard to think as a metal guitarist. Cause like I, I started learning like Avenged Sevenfold and Asking Alexandria and all that stuff growing up. So that kind of helped me, but it's just, it's just really hard. Like I'll never sit down and write something. It's just something that kind of comes to mind and then I have to go play it in like 10 seconds or else I'll forget it. <laughs> so it, it's just very, a very different like zone to be in. I think that's like partially why our first like song kind of turned out weird because like he Kyle was doing like thrash stuff like because like that's what he grew <clears> up <throat> listening to and I grew up with like Metallica and stuff like that too but like where I was at I was listening to like a lot of metalcore and hardcore and stuff and then like Jimmy said like he's a pop punk guitarist and stuff like that like he's really good at writing pop punk music and so that's why our first track kind of came out like weird because it was like a hodgepodge of like different influences coming in so we like we didn't know what we were going to sound like what we wanted to sound like. Mm -hmm. Um, but now I feel like we're all kind of like, we, we kind of know what direction like we're going for and stuff like that. We know what type of stuff to write. And then, uh, as far as like, we know like what each other's strengths are and stuff like that. And we're pushing each other to get better. Cause like, I mean, even for me, like I said, like I was playing like a lot of like metalcore and hardcore and now I have to go in and do a bunch of blast beats and stuff like that, which I wasn't used to. And I'm still trying to get better at it, but it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's what fits the genre. So mm -hmm. Yeah, just stuff like that, just trying to get more accustomed to what is used and then saying like, okay, well, this is what's used. So like, we're going to use some of that, but like, we don't want to go full blown, like blast beats for four minutes straight. Like we do want to have some variation and stuff. So I think having that outside influence helps that a lot. Yeah, I think we have a lot of, especially with the drums, we have a lot of like hardcore elements, like stuff like that. And like Alex said about pushing yourselves, like for the most recent one we like fully completed, I'm not a solo guitarist by any means. I'm not good at that. But we actually sat down and we all basically wrote it together. But the one of the songs is like the first like solo in it, you know? It like I don't know how to like sweep pick or anything like that, but yeah, you know, it's it's something. It's progress, you know. Hell yeah. I love it. I think that one thing that is like really clear and has honestly stuck out to me about you guys ever since I met you guys is it like it seems like you all get along. It's amazing how many bands I've played with, and it just seems like they don't even want to 
be in the same room with each other, <laughs> let alone like, you know, write and create art together. It seems like you all get along. We've but never obviously, once. <laughs> obviously <laughs> music isn't all you do. So outside of the band, what is a typical evening with Bakasura like? If you're not working on music, do you ever get to hang out and just have like bro downs? Occasionally. What do you do? <laughs> Lots of video games. Uh, food. And food. food. Immediately somebody in this group is like, food and coffee, yeah. where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, recently, like past couple months, they all started picking up uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! again. And I had never played before, so I built a deck and started Spent playing with them way and stuff too like much that. Fucking money. It's time to yeah. duel, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put out like $300 for decks and stuff. It's crazy. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, you know, whenever I was growing up, I was really big into magic. Uh, Love magic. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I would probably still play, but, you know, you don't play for a while. And then, you know, in when I was in my 20s, I sold all my cards, which is a very big regret. Mm-hmm. But, you know, bills to pay. Yeah. You know? uh, and then now I remember a few years ago, I looked into like, oh, like I really don't want to get back into this, but I would just love to have like some of my old decks just to have them and like look through them. And I started like looking up like, oh, like how much would it cost me to rebuild this deck that, you know, I made when I was in sixth grade, you know, oh yeah, oh yeah, very, very expensive. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to. I'll just look at these JPEGs every once in a while and, and, and remember that way. Well, at least the art is free to look at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Sean. Sean has boxes and boxes of magic cards. None of us are really into magic. Me and Kyle have tried a few times, but there are just some rules that just kind of... Well, that was, Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get... Kyle's mad. But, <laughs> well, I can tell you this. So the last time I played magic was actually probably... I mean, I hadn't played for a while. And then maybe around 2012 or 13... Um, Joey from Greywalker, he was playing for a while um, and he was getting really, really into it before him and his wife had their daughter just because you have extra time to do dumb shit like that, right? And uh, I went to a booster draft with him. I still remember, it was, which was perfect because I had no fucking cards, but sure, I'll get a starter deck and some boosters and I can build a deck. I understand how the game works still, right? But I'm like looking through the cards and it had been like probably a decade since I had like seen anything. And there's so many new rules. And I guess the only way that they could continue to create expansions is by like consistently introducing new rules. That's the only way to keep making new cards, right? And like the mechanics of the game were the same, but it felt like a different game in a lot of ways too, because of how how much more uh just it's just a lot. It was a, a very much a lot. And I, I was like, I don't I don't know. I I I'm not I'm not digging this. Yeah, that's the same thing that happened with Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, we play a specific like version of Yu-Gi-Oh. It's called Goat Format. It's basically like any rules before uh, like a certain tournament in 2005 or something like that. Okay. It's like, because newer Yu-Gi-Oh is very fast-paced, a lot more damage as like gets done, and it's basically like a three-turn game. Like they're not long games at all, and so we just don't we just don't mess with that. We're just old school with it. I think that the same thing that happened with Magic the Gathering is kind of what happened with like gaming in general, regardless of if it's tabletop or like a video game or computer gaming. It's like the only way 
for them to keep making shit is it has to be crazier and it's almost like between the barrier to me. It just becomes too much for me. Like I can't play new video games, too many rules, too much stuff that's going on. Like I just want the side scrolling dumb thing, three or four buttons. Don't overcomplicate I, this. I feel that I have smooth brain with so many things. Dude. Like there's so many franchises that people are gonna hate me for this, but there's so many franchises I can't get into because I didn't get into it from the start. Like I look at things that like, like Harry Potter too much. There's too many movies for me. Like, I, I have goldfish brain. I can't get into it. Like, there's same thing with video games. Like, I'll look, he plays a lot of like RuneScape, dude. I'll walk into his room, look at the screen, and be like, I have no fucking idea what you're doing. Like, I, I could never. I'm like that with so many things. So I feel that. Yeah. I think, too, it really just stems from like, you know, it's this weird thing where is it me? Is the game too much for me? Or do I just need to admit to myself that I don't think I care that much anymore? Which is weird because it's like, I love cartoons and anime and video games. Like, I, I grew up on all that shit. But it's like, do I, if I really wanted to do this, I could probably fucking learn the rules. I, I, I just personally, I mean, I feel that. I think as you get older, you lose free time. So you sure. kind of have to gamble and be like, do I really fucking want to learn this game for like the spare time that I have to play video games or would, would I rather play like, games that I know I already enjoy and stuff like that, you know, or a game that's coming out that I know I'll enjoy. I think like the only video game that I've actively gone out of my way to play in the past five years is probably like Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bold move. Good game. Good game. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, I've, I've used it as a, uh, a de-stressor. That's good. I mean, it's one of those games that like, I'm sure you can get on your phone and just like whip it out real quick. Yeah, but new Tetris is weird on the phone because it has like, like there's all these like, it, like it gives you like uh, on the screen, there's like a, a, a guide. So basically like whenever a piece is falling, there's like a transparency to show you like how the piece could land on different parts. It's like a, it's like an, it's like an easy, easy mode of Tetris. It's not like yeah, it, it gives dumb. you like options. It, yeah, like yeah, and the options. and the blocks move a little bit slower. Oh, that's it's it's weird. That's I mean, uncomfortable. In the settings, you can go like you could start at like level ten instead of starting at level one, and the blocks will be moving at a different pace. But you still have the like the guide that shows you where everything's at. Yeah, I think that. I wonder if I have Tetris on my phone. I used to have it on my phone. I don't have it anymore. Now I just usually play it on the. I have the uh, the Sega Genesis Classic, and that's Tetris up. is on there. How's so. that even a challenge? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not sure. It's interesting in in this concept of like how like I think the majority of most newer video games are way harder than old video games. But now we've made old video games easier. What's going on with that? Yeah, I, I don't know. So, I do have Tetris on my phone. See, I don't know. I think a lot of current video games are way easier than old games. There's a lot of bells and whistles to it, but it's like disguising the fact that at the core of the game, it's very simple. Yeah. Yeah, there's like no live system anymore. You regenerate health after just standing there for a second. Like, it, it, I think it's just a lot easier. Yeah, I think that maybe I just haven't spent a lot of time with them. Okay. What the fuck, bro? <laughs> It's like an update to this game is required. Update your app. 
Okay, so I'm just going to uninstall and reinstall Tetris. This is very engaging. Since when does Tetris need fucking updates? <laughs> it's, it's Tetris. It's been out forever. <laughs> yeah, uh, what, what, that's a very good question. It's what, like the, what the whole Tetris you... Battle Royale. What what is that? <laughs> uh, Tetris 99. Yeah, like yeah. It, I, I don't get it. It's blocks. Yeah, like it, it's Tetris. Just play it. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Like, I've never been into Tetris. Okay. I had a Minesweeper kick for a little bit. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never understand. I played that like as a joke. <laughs> just clicking random just, stuff. It's just yeah. counting in proximity. How do you guys feel about Solitaire? Oh, I love yeah, Solitaire. I, Solitaire. I played like 10 matches last night. <laughs> <laughs> I was always partial to Spider Solitaire. Okay. I'm not sure if you're familiar with all the rules, but that was always super engaging to me. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not familiar. So it it has a. There's a couple of different ways to play, but the base of the game is that you're playing with one suite, but ten decks of that suite, and you have to pair all of them up together at the end. So if you're starting at the beginner level, you're like only playing with spades, and you just have to match the numbers. But as it gets more complex, you're playing ten decks of variations between the hearts, queens, clubs, and spades. And you can only match to the suite rather than opposite color. Okay. That's so it seems like it's a lot more going on. Yeah. All right. Here. So look, look at this shit. And then you could just tap and it'll like, okay. So then see how it gives you like the, you get the little. Yeah, it's, like, you, it's yeah. like a cheat sheet. Yeah. yeah. Do you even uh, do you get the little subtle slides where you could get that underneath the piece in the corner? I think, I think I can. You got to kind of. You can drag it down and then slide oh, it over yep. with your thumb. Oh. So it's just like okay, like, but yeah, that's that. That's this is not this is that's <laughs> it's Tetris. It's Tetris, <laughs> but easy Tetris. Tetris yeah. with aim assist. Yeah, <laughs> just a time like time waster version of it. With, Fortnite without guns. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I was asking about. Bakasura outside of music, we talked a lot about video games, and someone had mentioned food. Yes. Right. Dude, so if we love it, if 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 you got to do a collaboration with any restaurant, any restaurant chain, what restaurant chain would it be, and what would the item on the menu be? Me and Kyle would definitely pick Taco Bell. Sean is not big on Taco Bell. Dose Taco Dose in Southside. Okay, so a taco. Yes. Yeah. I, I think a taco is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what what would be on this this taco? Whatever you want, it would just be slightly cheaper than the usual. <laughs> I don't think we've ever fully talked about it, but I'm pretty sure we all have very different tastes in our tacos. I think so. Yeah. Extremely different. Yeah. Because you, you like your tacos like more plain. Yeah. 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 Now's the time to talk about it. <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a, in any food, I'm not like a lettuce, tomato, onion guy. I don't like any of it. Okay. Just like what, meat, cheese, sour cream, rice, and beans, that's all I need. Tomatoes are highly overrated. They ruin a good taco. But you hit it with those jalapenos, lots of different spices, a little bit of garnish on there. It's perfect. Tacos are tacos. <laughs> I like them all. <laughs> You can give me a taco from Taco Bell that's like just meat and cheese. I'll eat it and enjoy it. It's not what I'm going to usually order, but like I, dude, I'll eat any type of taco usually, unless it's like a fish taco. Fuck that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I like like a nice like spicier like zesty taco with like 
a cream sauce or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, something like that. All right. So I'm trying to uh, produce the perfect taco that everyone in this band is going to enjoy. <laughs> it seems like, you know, off the bat, the the base of the taco, like whatever your, uh, what would be the, the, the 2021, ter- the, your protein, whatever your protein is going to be, right? You know, let's say, are we, we'll say your choice of protein, right? So that's off the bat. If you want beef, chicken, steak, tofu, whatever you like, that's up to you. That's up to the, 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 the person. So it seems like nobody gives a fuck about lettuce. So we could just scratch lettuce off of there, right? Okay, so protein cheese. Now, what kind of cheese? Just like a normal Mexican blend of cheese? Or do you have like a specific? I, I think pepper jack would be good. I like pepper jack cheese. We were going to throw hands if you said like American cheese. It's <laughs> <laughs> like craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I want some cheddar blocks on there. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say like a good like Mexican blend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, or, I do, or I do like spicy, With but I don't like physical spicy like peppers and stuff. But I like spices. And okay, so like I'll that. say this. Let's do this. We'll have uh, just a normal Mexican blend of cheese, but also with like a like a like a pepper jack queso crema sort of thing that yeah. can go on yeah. top. Yeah, that's good. right. Okay, and then there will have to be some sort of. Uh, I know somebody had mentioned like jalapenos or something that may yes, not be that we could do the jalapenos, but we could also probably like, like dice them up. So we're talking like raw jalapenos, not pickled, right? Uh, like, like just chopped I'm, up. I'm fine with any sort of jalapeno. We could probably dice them up and get them in with the crema thing. Right. And then what else do you do? What else goes on a taco? No sour, tomatoes. Sour cream. Yeah, sour, sour cream. Yeah, sour, sour cream for sure. So that's all part of the same thing. Like the this 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 weird crema concoction needs to be <laughs> somehow like the perfect blend of all of those things. Because if you put like like queso and it's too much, right? Because it can't be like mush. It has to has to hold up. Oh fuck! Harder soft shell. Soft. 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 Hundred percent okay. soft shell. Okay, so it's soft shell. <laughs> Corner flour. 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 Yep. Okay. All right. So that's important. Yep. <laughs> we got to know what the hell we're putting all this stuff on, right? <laughs> Unless it's a Doritos Locos taco from Taco Bell. Those are pretty good. Those, those I'll get, deal those with get, those. Those get a pass because they're Doritos. <laughs> all right. Okay. So now no tomato. Any onion? I can live without it. Maybe if they're fried. Fried. fried onion. Yeah. That's about like, like maybe like a fried onions and peppers. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that'd be I'd good. I, I could live with that, but that's interesting. I would eat it. Yeah, like probably like onion, like fried onion straws, probably. Oh, that, that like could be good. Add a little crunch to it since yeah. it's not like lettuce or anything. Yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. Okay. So the the crispy onion straws. How dope would it be if I was just like, I have everything to make this right now. Let's go to the kitchen. <laughs> Not going to lie. I'm so hungry. <laughs> yeah, this we, conversation is just like boiling inside me right now. We, we ate nothing. I don't know about Alex, but us three, we ate nothing I, I had today. coffee. That's it. We yeah. absolutely planned on getting food before we came here and then we all slept in, I'm sure. Oh yeah. I, I woke were, up, showered we and was like, we got to leave. Food into the schedule. <laughs> Fair enough. That's hysterical. All right. So, the 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 bacasura taco, um, because so real talk, I am starting a cooking show. 
That's what I'm going to be doing with this kitchen. Oh, That's nice. Dope. So I will have you guys back and we will make these fucking tacos. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. yeah. We'll definitely do it. So we just have a soft shell, whatever fucking, whatever your fucking meat thing is that you want to do. And then I'm going to have to, I'll create this fucking pepper jack, sour cream, jalapeno, crema thing. I'll figure it out. It'll be really good. I, I can't promise. wait. The queso of kings. <laughs> yes. And then fried peppers are... Oh no, he said the crispy onion straws. I like the idea of like fried peppers. I think that would be good. And then that's it. That's it. That's it. I think that's a solid taco. Yeah, I feel like any more is too much. Yeah, any more is too much. Because basically, if you have your base, like your your default generic like Taco Bell taco, right? It's just meat, lettuce, cheese, right? And then you can add like a vegetable to it if you want. Yeah. So all we're doing is replacing the lettuce with fried peppers. Mm. And then we have the cheese and the other sauce on top. And then also like however we season the meat needs to be big, but we'll figure that one out. It'll be tight. Sounds delicious. I'm already salivating. (laughs) Sounds great. (laughs) Groovy. So right now you have a song that people can listen to on Slam Worldwide. What's the name of that track again? Desolate one. Desolate one. That's right. And that's on Spotify and stuff as well, right? Yeah, we have it released on all music platforms as well as YouTube. And then in terms of uh, shows, <laughs> you guys playing at all? We Some got, uh, stuff that's unannounced yet. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, cool, but you will be playing. Yet. Yeah, like October is Tight. like the earliest, yeah. Tight. So you got some shows coming up and then uh, you're working on new music behind the scenes. Maybe sometime next year, there'll be an EP, a collection of noise yep, from your favorite boys in Bakasura. And then maybe a music video. I don't know. What else? What, what else is there? Being in a band. Sometimes it can be very complicated, a whole lot going on. But other times, it just seems like it's easy. It's just chilling. It's just coasting. Yeah, it's I, just I think expensive. a lot of it's, yeah, it, it, <laughs> that's the hardest part. It's so fucking expensive, man. Like, and, and you, you know, living is already expensive. So being in a band, it's like, this is a super expensive hobby to have. But overall, yeah, I mean, everything feels pretty easy and pretty smooth and, and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Another big part about the band. Really early on, we actually um, got the band an LLC. So we're actually like a company, like a corporation. Okay. Yeah, we, we locked ourselves into a contract saying if yep. us try to leave, they would get punished. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I believe that's why there's I, been no turnover. I, I believe in the contract. It says like you have to give like a two week notice when you want to leave. Oh no, yeah, it's more than that. Like that. It's, it's, it's ninety days. Yeah, it's yeah, like ninety days. days or it's like two like weeks. That. If you miss practice more than three times, there's punishment. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what the punishment is because we wrote it. And we but just, the biggest <laughs> thing is that we keep all the rights to our music. So, yeah. so any any like if we get picked up by a record label or something like that, if we leave that record label, you know they they can't remove our music, they can't do anything to it because we own all the rights to the music. That yeah. was the biggest reason for it was just legal legal reasons and like merch designs and stuff like that. Whose like idea logos. was that? That was I think uh, it was pretty collective. Honestly. Yeah, it was pretty collective. I mean, my dad was the one that came to me one day and was like, "Hey, you should." You know, do you legally own this? And I was like, I think I don't fucking know. And he was like, just made a lot of sense. Yeah, I was like, I mean, we wrote it, so it makes sense. He's like, yeah, but somebody could like LLC your band's name, you know. And mm-hmm. he was like, the better reason to do that too is if another band comes out, they're also called Bakasura. You know, if that happens, we can legally now be like, hey, can you guys like? 
put an abbreviation after your name or change the name mm. or anything like that. Yeah. So it just it helps us out legally to be able to physically own all of our shit as we move along. Yeah. Totally. Plus, I think it kind of helped us, like, like I said, like it. All jokes aside, it did help us kind of like take stuff like a little bit more seriously and stuff. Like, so we were pushing ourselves more and stuff like that. Trying to be sure more like a business. Things. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like, like doing tax write-offs, trying to actually get money out of doing this because at some point it would be nice to go to part-time and try to make money off of doing what we like doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it might be a long, long road, but I mean, Yeah, the band has a bank account now. So, you know, we're not just holding on to the money ourselves or like having it in like just sitting in PayPal. We have like an actual like legitimate business account. It's organized. Some bag at the bottom of the merch bin. (laughs) (laughs) Do a lot of behind the scenes stuff. (laughs) Try to keep it professional. I think think we're a very well organized, like small local band, I think. Yeah, no, I think that it's awesome that you took the time to do all of that. A lot of bands don't take the time to do those things. And it's not really necessary, but I think that if it's something that you want to do, you should do it. There's, you know, a lot of bands that get fucked off once the business thing starts to come into play. But it seems like you embraced it early and it seems like none of you are really bothered by it. It's just kind of like this is something that is important for us to get to the next well, step, right? When we first started the band, we all right off the bat made sure everybody was in the same mindset, made sure we all had the same goal at the end of the day. So we knew down the line that everybody was fully dedicated, like, you know, this is what we want to do. So... Yeah, that kind of helped reinforce what we do. So we don't really think twice anymore about like going to pay for something that's really expensive for the band because you're getting out what you put in. And we always just keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that ultimately, whether it is uh, creative or business or even personal stuff, I think open communication between all of the people in the band is huge in order for, you know, the ultimate success of the band. Right? 100%. It doesn't just, things don't just happen. And it's really easy to think that like, oh, things should just happen. Like we write songs and then now people are going to book us on shows because we're a band. Or, yeah, or they'll play a lot of shows and be like, why isn't anything happening? We keep yeah. playing the same shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that, uh, I don't know. I think, I think you all got some, some, some good, some good brains in them, in them, Bones, <laughs> skeletons, <laughs> them skulls, right? A little bit. It's been a lot, mine's like a lot of trial sure. and error. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that I think that it's cool. I think I think you guys are a good band. You're fun to hang out with, and uh, let's keep fucking doing it. Yeah, we appreciate, appreciate that. Seriously, like just uh, just keep doing it, which yeah. you will do. You don't need me to tell you that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's <laughs> one thing with most bands, anyways. When it comes to quote unquote making it or being able to quit your day job or, you know, bands that are just overall well-known people know their music. Like a lot of people think that it'll just like, I don't know where I was going with this. It just dropped out of my mind. That's what I'm talking about. My goldfish brain. (laughs) It's gone. If it comes back, I'll let you know. (laughs) I I will say um, just because it, it was a big part of us starting out. The reason why we got like a good jump start on everything. I don't remember how it happened. But uh, Casket Maker was a big was a big one for us. Uh, we played, I think, our first two shows with them. I can't remember how we like got on that though. I how have we no met idea. Them. I don't remember either. So I know we we what, we met Michael first, right? Somebody we were talking to a different band at that show, 
and they brought up like, hey, you guys, like they talk, they brought up our mix basically and was like, you guys should talk to Mike. He does that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we went and got introduced to Mike at that point. That was Dylan. Was I thought it was somebody at the mm-hmm. show. That was Dylan. Oh. But I do remember what I was going to say. It came back. <laughs> all right. One of, the, one of the, yeah, right. <laughs> one of the main things with bands that like I tell other people all the time too, that I was told at one point is one of the things to quote unquote make it is you just have to keep going. Because like a lot of people will lose the, the feeling of like, I want to keep doing this and they'll just stop. And then the whole band breaks up. Like I see tons of bands all the time, just stop and then they'll form another one. And then, yeah, you know, and they'll be mm-hmm. like stuck in a cycle. Basically you just have to roll with it and try to really make, make a brand out of it. You know what I mean? Like, cause you're trying to sell merch and you're trying to market it basically, if you're trying to do that kind of stuff. But as long as you don't stop, you know, cause a lot of people, there's bands that'll be out for 10 years and they still haven't done it. And then, you know, after 10 years, they all of a sudden will blow up. You know, I mean, it's just how, like, I saw While She Sleeps whenever they were really small. They were like an opener just hanging out at the oh, merch yeah. tent. And then, like, a couple years later, they're blown up. Tons of people know Dude, them now, you know, like, you never know what's going to happen. One of the craziest things that the craziest live shows, like, in hindsight, is so I don't know that's. They stopped doing shows at this place in like 2008 or nine, but it was called Giorgio's, right? It was this little banquet hall in East Pittsburgh down by Turtle Creek. It was like a pizza shop. And then on the other side, like this small, just like room. And it was like where all the like DIY shows happened. Like, you know, I met like Arcane Haven there back in the day and like all (laughs) those guys, right? But I saw Chelsea Grin in that room when they were like just first starting and like it was really, really crazy because it was just like, you know, like, Oh, it's another one of these bands. And then, you know, two years later, it's like, Oh, okay. never mind. There they are again. (laughs) Yeah. But it was like huge. Uh, But it was cool. Like it was just another one of those things where it was like, they just kept going. And that was a long time ago. Like it, it, it honestly took that band a good bit to really, um, you know, get to the point that they are now and uh, they're still going. I even, I can't remember when it was posted, but even Traders posted something about when they first started playing shows and how like tons of bands would be like, oh, you guys fucking suck or your, your stuff doesn't fit well in this now or you're too different. And they just, dude, they kept going and now look at them. Almost everybody I know knows who Traders is. They're on like 11 years and didn't even find like real recognition until four years ago. Yeah, like they... And they deserve it. I think they write fucking awesome music. Yeah, I think sometimes the interesting thing about music right now is it seems that a lot of people that listen to heavy music are at least the younger people because youth drives the culture. It seems like they're more open to like this mix of genres. It doesn't have to be so focused on being one specific thing. And like, you know, a decade ago, like that wasn't the thing. Like you don't, mix all of that stuff. Like either you are a deathcore band or you are a post hardcore band. Like you don't, that doesn't blend, but now it's like, fuck it. Like there's so many cool bands that are doing, you know, these like really wild dynamic things where it's like, I don't know exactly what this is, but it's dope. Yeah. I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. One, is. Of the, one of the bands that's been doing that a lot recently is uh sleep token. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you check them out or not, yeah. but it's like, yeah, it's like this really dynamic thing where their vocalist has like a super, super like, pop like soul oriented voice and then you mix it with like super low down tune guitars and it's mm-hmm. it's just sounds great sure 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 you know what i mean a lot of it sounds like deftones if chino could actually sing 
<laughs> which is tight. I love Deftones. I'm not no, no hate at all. Uh, but you know, it's just it's a different thing. It's like a Deftones meet. It's like old, like yeah, Deftones meets like New Thrice is like Sleep Token. Yeah, to me, it's tight. I feel like a big thing with that was when Corn did what the album with Skrillex. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like that was a big start to like the whole departure into that whole thing. Yeah, I think that it, you know it just it just takes time, um, and uh, I don't know. It's interesting with a genre of music that is so young in a lot of ways. You know, like it's going to evolve, and people that don't expect like heavy music to continue to evolve, it's like, what do you think? What do you think's gonna happen? You know, like do you old like old heads? Do you think everything's just gonna sound like Black Sabbath forever? You know, there are plenty of bands that still sound like that. Oh, but, yeah. you know, it's going to change. And it's you know, 10 years from now, like, I have no idea what heavy music is going to sound like, but I'm sure it's going to be like, whoa, didn't see that coming. And oh, it's going to yeah. continue to happen. But that's what makes it exciting, right? But also, a lot of it's like Magic the Gathering, and I kind of wish it would never change. <laughs> but that's just me being selfish, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it is like, I, I appreciate the stuff that comes out. I think the best example is like, with bands that heavily change their sound, like Bring Me the Horizon, their early stuff. Like, if if it was a new fan and they listened to that, they'd, they wouldn't believe it was the same artist, you know? But I mean, like, I'm just glad the music stays out. You know what I mean? They don't get rid of it. So I mean, that's I think that's the biggest thing to appreciate is that it it happened and it's made and it's there to appreciate rather than like, oh, they need to keep pumping more out. Because I feel like if that band didn't change their sound, I'd still love it and appreciate it, but I wouldn't appreciate the old stuff as much. You know what I mean? Because they just keep popping bangers out. Yeah, I mean, Bring Me to the Horizon is a really interesting band because they kind of somehow like write the blueprint for like what the next five years of music is going to be like. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, if you want to know what everything's going to sound like in five years, you probably just listen to the new Bring Me the Horizon album and everything's going to sound like that in five years. Yep. And then whatever they're doing five years from now is what the next thing's going to be. They're yeah, just they, one of those bands. They know how to market, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Any Anytime they announce new music, it's always exciting because you never know what it's going to sound like. Yeah. I remember, I remember seeing like uh, the wildest thing to me was with Bring Me the Horizon was I was at Walmart and they had a Bring Me the Horizon poster like in like the rack, you know, <laughs> like, so like there would be like, yeah. you know, like Digimon, Pokemon, yeah. Hannah Montana, Bring Me the Horizon. <laughs> I was like, what? They're so big. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That, that really put it into perspective of like, oh, this is. Which is hard to imagine because like we all remember them as just like sure. that, that other deathcore band. Yeah, you know I mean? or totally. That, or even Fringe that other metalcore band. Yeah. I, st I still have a theory that they kind of like softened up a bit slash kind of like sold out a little bit with the whole like That's the Spirit album just to get more of a reach to people. And then once they got all that new fan base, then they started slowly going back into their older, heavier stuff like they did with like the newest EP, like with Dear Diary and yeah. all that. I, I wish, think I'm not against either. Get that. I bag. think some <laughs> of it was probably intentional, and I think some of it too is just like think about like you know they wrote the you know what was their big like suicide season right like they were probably all like 19, 20, 21 when they did that, and now mm. it's been ten years. Oh yeah, it's like do you still want to keep writing music like this, or do like do you want to push? Right, they have to like adapt to the changes and stuff. Yeah, like, I mean that's like even with like asking Alexandria and like attack attack like attack attacks back now mm -hmm. doing stuff but like asking Alexandria sort of. like 
they yeah sort of <laughs> but like asking alexandria like they never took a break like they i mean they lost danny for a bit but then he came back and then like the sound like progressively changed but like that's the thing like the music that they were playing back in like 2009 2010 and stuff like that like that wouldn't really work now i feel like like you have to adapt to like the tastes and like what people are asking for in a lot of ways it was like you know asking alexandria has always been like a pop metal band right and they're just playing to the current demographics like the same thing with paramore you get a lot of people like oh paramore changed so much like they've always been a pop rock band it's like everything sounded like the way it did when they did fucking misery business and all that's what everything sounded like then. And I, now everything sounds like what Paramore's doing now. I think people just get angry because they're not the targeted audience anymore. Sure. And they're like, oh, I remember when I was the targeted audience. That, yeah. That's when they made good music. It's, it's all subjective. It's interesting getting old, right? Yeah. <laughs> because youth drives the culture, but when you're no longer the youth, these bands aren't going to like market to you anymore yeah it's just really a matter of like whether you want to decide to keep listening to it or like have an appreciation for what those bands are continuing to do like even going back to like a green day like green day would not be a great band if they were still putting out albums that sounded like dookie like dookie's tight insomniac's tight uh you know like all those older green day records are awesome but so that's what I makes them the good though they were able to grow sound. is like what made it made them continue to be like a relevant band. I am so in fear of their next release. <laughs> with, the, with the last two singles they put out, they, they sound like they're going the whole Fallout Boy direction where they kind of want to go for that more stadium rock type of music. Oh, sure. And it's just kind of, kind of depressing. <laughs> but, you know. They've had a very long run. It's been a good one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm totally on the, on the side where like, if a band changes their sound like that drastically, like Bring Me the Horizon did and like Asking Alexandria did, I think they should just completely distance themselves from that old stuff and they should just change the name, become a new band. Like, but then you have issues like, you know, not everyone might flock over to that other band just because they know it's the same people. You know what I mean? But yeah, I'm definitely in the old way of thinking. <laughs> yeah, that thing I just said about target audience, yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. It's so sad, isn't it? <laughs> it's interesting to see what like bands do because like I think I remember I saw the set list that of the songs that Green Day played when they were here at that Fallout Boy show. Mm-hmm. And it they didn't even play anything off of their newest album. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a, that's another thing with it. Like Fallout Boy, they play a lot of older stuff and I just don't understand releasing like the newer stuff or yeah. changing your sound at all. Like if you're Iron Maiden just that. put yeah, Iron Maiden put out a new record, and I guarantee you, the next time I see them, they're not going to play any of that shit. Yeah, they're going to play Run to the Hills. They're going to play the yeah. Trooper, like all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. money. <laughs> <laughs> that's why <laughs> they know that's what people want to hear. If they don't play, people will get pissed, dude. Yeah, so it it's like it's like interesting, it like growing as a band, but like the majority of your fan base just wants to hear the old shit over and over again. It like makes me like really like question like what is, what should the longevity of a band be? Because you'll have like, there's like, you know, like shit like Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix or the doors, like all of these bands that are looked at as timeless bands. But I think a big part of the reason they're looked at as timeless is because like one or more people died and they could no longer put out music. Right. Yeah. So now there's like this classic thing. So it's like, but 
nobody in Iron Maiden's dead. Nobody in Green Day's dead. I don't want them to die. But it's like they could keep putting out music. So it's like it almost like there's a risk of it just becoming like a sadder thing over time. And it's like almost like, man, like I don't think Iron Maiden should stop putting out records. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. Does the world need this? It's weird. Getting old is weird. The perfect old example bands are weird. of that is Rolling Stones. They recently, oh, sure, sure, they, sure. They recently put out a new song and it sounds like they recorded it on the same equipment they did back in like the 70s or 60s or whatever. And it, it just sounds like a Rolling Stones song. It's crazy. There's nothing different about it. It's super weird. I honestly <laughs> dug it a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I think I think the stones are pretty solid for as long as they've run. For being eighty, yeah. literally. <laughs> yeah, they probably did use their the skin equipment. is falling off their face. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, guys. I would say let's let's wrap this one up. Everybody could check out Desolate One on the uh, Spotify and the YouTube's and wherever else, and keep an eye out for Bakasura on tour. In Pittsburgh in October, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully, good good way of putting it. Where yeah. can uh, where can people uh, keep up with you on on the internet? Uh, the usual like Facebook, Instagram. Um, I believe Facebook's just. I believe Bacasura official Instagram is uh, Bacasura underscore pa. Yeah, you can just type Bacasura into both. And they'll both come yeah. Out. yeah. Look for the look for the thing with with the scary letters that you can maybe kind of read, <laughs> right. and it's probably them. Yes, right. <laughs> yes, yeah. tight. Sounds tight. about right. Well, uh, that is all, folks. Thanks so much for being here. One more time, everybody. Boxer, thank you for taking the time to hang out. I hope you all get some food in you. I haven't eaten today either, as well. So oh yeah, I'm, we're immediately going to get food. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> yep. yeah. I'm I'm very much uh, on board with you on that. But I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2021. Woo woo. Thanks for listening. And we're done. That's it. It's a podcast. It happened. Cool. All right. Awesome. Hell yeah. Our second one.